Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The Book of the Dead In summer of 2011, I accompanied my uncle back to the U.S. At the time, he was living in Dubuque, Iowa, so I spent a week there with his family before returning home to my home in Cebu in the Philippines. On the way back, I decided to take a few more days off and see the sights of Chicago. I've been to the U.S. a number of occasions, but never to Chicago, so I was looking forward to baseball games and great food. Thanks to the proximity of public transit, I could easily go to a Sox game, get an Italian beef sandwich, and then easily get back to O'Hare Airport for my flight home. The hotel is quite old, and it looks old. You can hear it creak in some places. The room I was assigned to was on the fourth floor, I think. It was on a corner, and you could see Roosevelt University on East Congress Parkway when you looked out the window. The hallway leading to my room was always eerily quiet. The first night after I got back from eating out, the room became weirdly, suddenly cold. And I thought it was strange because it was nice and warm outside, but the temperature just dropped, not gradually, very quickly. That night, even though I'd slept without covers the rest of my trip, I ended up sleeping not only with the sheet and the blanket, but an additional blanket on top of that. It was just so, so cold. During the day, I would explore the city, and then I would come back to my hotel after dinner. Every time I got to my room, some of my stuff would be moved. Of course, I thought it was a cleaner, so I hung a Do Not Disturb sign on the door. But I would still get back to my room and find my stuff moved around. Nothing was ever missing, and after hanging up the sign, the room hadn't been cleaned, but things had been moved. What finally confirmed for me that something strange was going on was the night I saw a shadow figure. There was a dresser at the foot of my bed with a biggish mirror. While in bed one night, I was thinking about my trip that day to Chicago's Field Museum, where I saw the lions from the film The Ghost in the Darkness, which I always loved when I was a kid. As I lay there, I saw something move in the mirror's reflection. It was a shadow figure peeking out from the bathroom door that was slightly ajar. The lights were off inside the bathroom, but I could still make out a distinct human shape. It was darker than the dark bathroom, but it was solid. I stared at the reflection for I don't know how long. I couldn't really tell if it was staring back at me as it had no face, but somehow I had the feeling that it was looking at me. I blinked to make sure I wasn't just seeing things, and sure enough, it was still there. Honestly, I I don't know what I was thinking at this point, but I actually got out of bed to confront it, and then it vanished. I got back in bed, thinking maybe it had just been a a trick of funny angles. But when I looked at the mirror, the shadow figure was no longer there. Hell House Ever since I can remember, I've been prone to feeling psychic energies, good and bad. My friends tell me I have the uncanny ability to read people without so much as speaking to them. This ability is especially observed in my mother's family. Both an aunt and two cousins have declared seeing, hearing, and feeling some things quite beyond the veil of the living. 
I grew up in a town called Worcester, in the Western Cape. Settled between mountains, it always reminded me of a witch's cauldron, especially hot in summer and freezing with snow on the mountains in the winter. We lived in a large house on the foot of a mountain in an area called Panorama. Let me explain the layout of the house. The front door was situated at the end of an enclosed veranda and led into a long foyer with a large open-plan dining-slash-sitting room area. To the right, further down the foyer, were French doors leading to a large TV room and entertainment area with a bar, kitchen, study, and a large master bedroom. I always felt safest in this area of the house, most likely because it was a newer addition. The rest of the bedrooms were situated at the end of the foyer that turned into a long hallway, with the first large ensuite bedroom at the start of the hallway and the last bedroom across from it. My bedroom was the first to the left when turning into the hallway, and used to have a window facing outside, but after the additions, it faced the entertainment area. When we moved in, I was about a year old, and my mom thought this was the best room for a baby-slash-toddler, as it was also the smallest bedroom. When we moved in, it was a ghastly purple color. I have no recollection of what happened there until I was about four years old. I was told I was always a quiet baby. I had to be woken up to be fed. But as soon as we moved into that house and my mother left me in that room, I used to scream and cry nonstop. The result was that I slept in a small room connected to the master bedroom. So for years, I was quite content. I always avoided the other side of the house, never venturing in the hallway. My sister, who was 12 years my senior, stayed in the large ensuite bedroom and always complained to my parents that something was off there. She always felt watched. Now, my mother's quite a practical, no-nonsense woman and told her to stop seeking attention. Naturally, she thought my sister put me up to it when I said I also felt uncomfortable in that area. Fast forward a few years. When I was five years old, it was time to start pre-primary, so my parents said it's time to move into my bedroom. The small bedroom was in about the center of the house, being built around it, yet the light from the entertainment area was enough to make one forget the window wasn't actually facing outside. I remember vividly not wanting to go into that room. The negativity was such that I struggled to breathe. So I avoided it until I had to go to bed. I used to sleep with a bedside light on and always threw the covers right over my head, come winter or summer, and I used to pray until I fell asleep. But the negativity never relented. Now being alone on that side of the house, my sister used to come fetch me during the night and we'd sleep together in her double bed. Her room didn't feel as oppressive but uncomfortable in the sense that something was always watching you, making the hair on the nape of your neck stand up. And the shadows, the shadows would move around all night. I used to wonder why there were so many, seeing that I couldn't figure out where they were coming from. My mother's family used to come visit over Christmas, and my two cousins would sleep with my sister in her room. One particular night, there was a loud bang, like a window being knocked out, and then screams. My sister and cousins ran out of the room, after they calmed down, they said they were awakened by the bang, and then all three of them saw a dark figure standing in the corner near the built-in cupboards. It stared at them, then suddenly started to laugh in a deep, malignant voice. They got up and ran out. Of course, with inspection, the adults found nothing. But after that night, the negativity increased dramatically. So much so that I was too scared to even go into my room alone. My sister used to come in with me just so I could get clothes, and we'd shut the door. One night when I was seven, my sister slept over at a friend's and I was forced to sleep in that room. I woke in the middle of the night with my heart racing, feeling ill and ice cold. Then, a few seconds later, there was a crash as a stationary holder fell off my small bookcase to the floor. Then, a few toy cars also made it onto the floor, like someone was swiping them off the bookcase with their hands. And then, a low, deep chuckle 
literally made my flesh crawl. I was frozen. I could hardly breathe, alternately getting hot and cold. I just drew the covers more tightly and prayed. The next day, my mother was quite adamant that I'd had a nightmare and that things fell because they were probably too close to the edge. About a month later, my sister was yet again away and I had to sleep alone. During the night, I woke again, heart pounding with a feeling of dread. This time, I felt a presence so malignant and evil I wanted to vomit. Then I felt the bed covers move on my left. I was facing the wall, so I slowly forced my eyes open and saw, quite clearly, I slept with a bedside lamp on, a hand coming up from underneath the bed, feeling up. It was gray, slightly green in color, with long fingers. I started hitting it, and it felt quite real. I heard a hissing sound, and then started screaming bloody murder. My mother burst in a couple of seconds later, and I just got up and ran past her. From that night onward, I refused to go into that room and slept on a blow-up mattress next to my parents' bed. After that night, my mother simply removed my clothes and locked the room. Years later, I asked her what she'd seen, and she said she didn't see anything, but heard something hiss and snarl and felt a very oppressive presence. Being a woman who always thought ghost stories were hogwash and never really felt anything tangible before, she was terrified. For weeks thereafter, our priest would come and even attempted cleansing and blessing. My sister's room felt safer for quite a while, yet the negativity radiating through that one closed door only got worse. My parents never told me what the priest said about the whole ordeal, but years later I heard my grandmother say, as they discussed that house, that she thought it was a portal to hell. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Something is going on. We had always lived in very suburban, crowded streets when I was growing up. After my parents separated and each of them found their respective new partners, obviously the next logical step would be for them to move into a new environment with their new partners and to start fresh. For me, however, this was not the case. I was very hurt by my parents' separation for a very long time, and even now I don't think I ever fully got over it, so to speak. I reluctantly agreed to make a decision and chose to stay with my mom. Her house was closer to my school and not to mention most of my friends. I have to admit, I didn't always get along with Mom, and I really miss living with Dad. Unfortunately for me, my dad had decided to move in with his new partner. She lived about an hour's drive away in the middle of nowhere. Seriously, it was the kind of place I had never even seen before he moved there. Houses made from old stone and villages with an average of ten residents, hills that rolled on forever, and nights that revealed a darkness I didn't think was possible. There are no street lamps. This all happened when I was 18. I'm 21 now, driving my own car, but I vividly remember a feeling of sadness every time I would have to get two trains, a bus, and a short car ride just to see my dad after seeing him every single day before that. I remember I would cry myself to sleep in the strange, empty little box room that stank for months of fresh paint he had made up for me on the last minute so I could stay overnight. It was like I was a visitor in what should have felt like a home from home. I was grateful for the hospitality, but I just missed my dad so much. It was probably my lowest point when I started to see things. 
My dad lives in an old cottage, an extremely old cottage, to the point where it has its original wood-burning fire and they had to have plumbing and electricity fitted and have a generator outside in case the electricity decides to give up on them, which it often does. Anyway, after a while he'd made me a key to the front door, so if I was willing to walk for 15 minutes or so after having caught my trains and my bus, I could let myself in. This cheered me up some because I felt like I could visit more often, and not just when he wasn't working. I mentioned this because my first sighting, I guess we'll call it, happened just after he had given me the key. I had made the long journey and walked the final stretch to his house for the first time and let myself in. Directly opposite the front door at my dad's are the stairs, which split at the top and go both left and right to the second floor. Just as I turned around from the front door, I saw it, clear as day, although only for a second. What looked to be a very dark black shadow, vaguely human-shaped, crossing from the right-hand side onto the top of the stairs, and then back up the left side before disappearing from my line of vision. I called for my dad, even though as far as I was aware, nobody should have been home yet. My first thought was not ghost. It was burglar. And I immediately exited the house and phoned my dad to tell him I thought I'd seen someone in the house. Luckily, he was on his way home already, and he arrived fairly quickly. I waited in the front garden until he got back. It wasn't until afterwards that it became apparent I had seen something more out of the ordinary than I'd thought. My dad could find no evidence of a break-in. Nothing was stolen or even remotely disturbed. No one had been in the house, yet I had seen someone, or something. I was sure of it. This was merely the first of many strange incidents which occurred at my dad's house. They've had three animals, a cat and two dogs, die in that house. I have seen dog and cat-like shapes wandering the house after they are long gone, usually at the top of the stairs, but sometimes in and around the back door. I sometimes think this is maybe because the pets would often sit there when they were still alive. Perhaps the scariest are the shapes I see at the windows sometimes. I have encountered a ghostly shape at almost every window of the house at this point. I say shape because they're not exactly faces. Depending on how off-guard it catches me, my mind can run away with itself, and I sometimes imagine they have faces, but I don't think they actually do. They are about the same size as the head and shoulders of a fully grown person, though. They always appear when I'm on the inside looking out of the house. My dad's house has two windows in the living room, one at the front looking onto the street, and one at the back looking into the garden. Both are pitch black at night, and I mean can't see a hand in front of your face dark. But on several occasions, when going to shut the curtains, I have seen a strange, grayish reflection on the outside, just hovering there, like it's gazing in at me. And no, it's not my reflection. I have a face. These do not. But there is definitely a sort of mass to them. This has also happened in the kitchen in my bedroom. At this point now, three, almost four years later, I'm used to seeing what I see when I visit Dad's house. It almost always happens when I'm there, and by now I expect it. Only rarely does it frighten me anymore. At best, it makes me jump, and even that doesn't happen very often. What I find strange is that I'm not quiet about this. Particularly at first, it would make me scream, so it was hard to keep it to myself, but nobody else sees these shapes. Three other people live in that house permanently. I am only a guest, and not one of them has seen anything. I'm pretty sure my dad looks out for it now, but nothing. There have been times when I've seen something and attempted to point it out to him, but he says there's nothing there that he can see. This doesn't happen to me all the time only at my dad's, and it would appear that it only happens to me, as if something is just making these things congregate when I visit. It's weird, but also kind of amazing.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.